Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies, touchdown, 49ers. What's up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast presented by theqbseek.com. For accurate predictions on every NFL matchup and thought-provoking NFL content that can help your fantasy teams or confidence pools, head to theqbseek.com. It is Zane and Stats Night. Levin couldn't be with us, but he is dropping a little prediction for us at the end of the show. So he's here in spirit stats, but man... A huge win on the national stage against the Green Bay Packers, against Aaron Rodgers. The Niners looked like the most complete team in the NFL. They got a huge game coming up against the Ravens, which we're excited to preview. But man, that game against Green Bay, what a showing on the national stage. And can we stop asking about if this team is for real? Can we just can we just get over that now? <laughs> yeah, I guess 12 weeks is not enough. We're still, we're still debating whether or not they're for real. I know they have the second highest scoring offense in the league. And their defense is doing things historically that we haven't seen in decades in the league. But apparently we still have questions as to whether or not the 49ers are a real team because, I don't know, Chase McLaughlin missed a 47-yard kick in overtime and they lost to the Seahawks. I mean, it's ridiculous now that we're even having this debate. Isn't that unbelievable that they are a missed kick away from being 11-0? And that in itself takes them down a rung, not, not only to away from the best team in league, but people are saying, Oh, Seattle's actually better than the Niners. And on that night they were, but if you look at pound for pound, I find it hard to believe that there's a better team in the NFL right now. Like the Niners took an eight and two Packers team at the time, and they made them look like a three win team. They dominated that so thoroughly. That game was over in the first half. That was one of those games where we talked about it the week before. And I'm, uh, I'm kind of sad. Levin's not here, but I'm sure he's going to hear this, but Y'all got some explaining to do with the picks. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But oh, jeez. We talked about the week before, and I did pick the Niners, and I, I thought that it was going to be a close game, but the fact that it was a blowout and it was basically over by halftime, it was such a pleasant surprise to me because as, as a diehard Niners fan, like I, I want them to blow teams out every week, and I know it's not possible, but it's nice. It's nice to be able to go and watch the game and sit down and, and you're, you're just chilling the entire game, just enjoying the team rack up stats and dominate. Like sometimes you just need that game after all the anxiety that came with the f- previous few weeks, the two Arizona games, and then the, the Seattle game sandwiched in between. But this game was, was a totally different animal. Aaron Rodgers was totally bottled up. He had statistically the worst game of his career with at least 30 attempts. It was just such an outright beating that they put on green Bay. It went as perfectly as it could possibly go for 49ers and their fans. I mean, The defense mauled Aaron Rodgers immediately. They forced a turnover. The Niners get the ball on the two-yard line and in one play run it right up the gut to take a 7-0 lead. By the end of the first quarter, they were up by multiple scores, which is the perfect game script for them because it allows them to rush the passer. It allows the offense to stay patient with the run game. And Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to force anything, so he stays away from those stupid interceptions. It went as perfect as it could have gone. And the 49ers, especially at home, they look like an absolute juggernaut right now. They do. And the defense really set the tone. I, I, I want to talk about how they started that game. And the only reason I, I thought that there was any sort of chance for Green Bay to win the game is because of the Aaron Rodgers factor. And we know he's an all-time great and hall, a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it. But 
he's different than the quarterbacks they faced the three weeks, the three weeks prior in Kyler Murray twice and Russell Wilson. He he's more of a pocket quarterback and he's not as mobile as he used to be. So they were just, they were just teeing off on him. And, and I like the fact that, that Robert Sala is now bringing the blitz. Fred Warner had a fantastic game. Fred Warner was all over the place, had a sack, had the, had the forced fumble, had a bunch of pass breakups, led the team in tackles. Like he had a really, really great game and Robert Sala is using him more as a, a playmaker than he did in, pre, in, the, in the previous seven or eight games. Like the Niners are, are one of those teams that can get pressure with four when a few teams in the league, they blitz at the lowest rate in the league. So them being able to add another little nuance to the defense and bringing the blitz and being able to get pressure that way in recent weeks has been an encouraging development for me, because what if you can't get pressure with four? What if there, what if, you know, th- there's injuries up front and, and, you're looking at Ronald Blair, who's out for the season, and and Devontae Moore, who actually fractured his forearm in this game and is now out for the season as well. So you you have depth issues starting to pop up on the D line, and now you have to be able to bring pressure other ways. and And I like the diversity in the scheme from Robert Sala. I like the way that they were able to hold the Packers in check. Aaron Jones is a great running back. He's he's one of the better running backs in the league. He's on pace for possibly a 1500 yard season. So they held they held those guys in check. Aaron Jones he only had 38 yards on on 13 carries. So all of that kind of contributed to, to what we saw that the Packers held the ball for most of the game, but the Niners were scoring really quickly. So going forward, if you were to take this forward, the defense basically is, is back to its former self. Those three games that you saw where they kind of struggle a little bit. I think that was more of a blip on the radar anomaly, an anomaly and a reality check for them. Well, I don't think it was an anomaly. I think it was you're facing Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray some of the most mobile quarterbacks in the entire league. Now, unfortunately for the 49ers this week, who is the quarterback they're going to face? Lamar Jackson, who Mm -hmm. is going to set the record for rushing yards by a quarterback in a single season. I think he's on pace for almost, he's on pace for over 1,200 rushing yards this year. So it'll be interesting to me. I'd like to see the 49ers rush, maybe not to get sacked so much as to contain Lamar. You don't want to go past him on the pass rush, which is honestly something that I've seen Nick Bosa, I feel like, do all the time. I feel like he just sells out completely for the sack. I like to see them sort of almost like a mush rush, they call it, where you you don't really mush, rush for the sack. You just mush, you rush to collapse the pocket. So I hope they do that this week. Um, because if they do, I don't think that Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are going to be able to beat them throwing the football. I honestly don't. And it's not meant to knock them. I just think the 49ers pass defense is that good. Right. And it's going to be wet weather there too. So it's going to be one of those games where it's, uh, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I don't think it's going to be a game where you see any particular team put up like 400 yards of offense. It'll be a slog it out type of game. And, and your point of Nick Bosa is actually pretty accurate i don't know if you remember the play i believe it was the third quarter where aaron Rodgers had the ball yep. and I know he, exactly he, what you're gonna say he had the ball and it was a play fake and he had it he hit the ball so well on his hip and bosa like had him dead the rights if he stayed just just stayed on aaron Rodgers, stayed at home and he totally bit on the fake lost track of the ball aaron Rodgers rolled out on a naked bootleg and and basically had had time to be able to throw the ball and make a play um that sort of stuff i think that that nick bosa will get better with time but these guys are the best at Aaron Rodgers is one of the best play action fake quarterbacks you will find. So all of that being considered, I think that the Niners, they're about where, where we thought they would be once they got to like six and oh, seven and oh, this is where we thought they would be a few tough games. And they're basically in position with the last five games of the season to, to believe it or not, clinch a playoff spot. I think that I, I tweeted that out today that, 
if the Niners win and the Rams lose this coming Sunday, the it's Niners clinch a playoff spot. Yep. I mean, isn't that unbelievable? Considering I mean, <laughs> where they come from? It's it's incredible. And, you know, I was sort of hoping that, that this year would be kind of the first year of the buildup because I do think this team is a year ahead of schedule, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I, they don't have the weapons at the wide receiver position that I think they want to have. I think they drafted Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd with the idea of building that this season. And, you know, Garoppolo was coming off the ACL. So I honestly think that they were were looking at this year more as a building block, stepping stone type of year. But, I mean, when you get off to the start, they did. The expectations change. And and to their credit, they've adapted to that quickly. You know, I think that the trade for Emmanuel Sanders points to that. They realize where they are in, in this sort of life cycle of your Super Bowl window. So good for the 49ers. They recognize the moment. They recognize the urgency. And I like what Kyle Juszczyk said this week. You know, he said... We keep hearing about all these tough teams and our, how hard our schedule is. Those other teams have to play us. Those other teams have the hard schedule too. And I think that's a good way to look at that going into the toughest stretch of the season. Yeah, and that's what I said during the game too. I, I tweeted out that the, that the Niners are the gauntlet. We talk about, oh, the gauntlets coming up for the Niners. The gauntlets, gauntlet, gauntlet that. The Niners are the gauntlet. They are the the tough team on on everybody else's schedule. And they pl- they played like that against Green Bay. I think that... There were, it's funny because before the game started, we, we hear everybody make their picks and uh, quote unquote America picked the Packers and most of the, the crew on the Sunday Night Football um, on, the, on, the, on the show, they picked, they, picked, they picked the Packers. And you look back at it and you look back at the way the Niners performed and it's, it just seems so foolish now. It's like, what did you see that made you think that the Packers were going to be, beat the Niners? Like, what did you see? Statistically, the Niners are better. The Niners have a more talented defense. They have a better, they have a, a much better tight end. The Packers can't cover tight ends. Like, how huge was George Kittle coming back? Massive. Caught all six of his, caught all six of his passes for 129 yards and, and that touchdown. Like, that's, that's the sequence to me stats where they basically put the game away, salted the game away was when Green Bay got their only touchdown on, on two ridiculous penalties by Richard Sherman. Uh, first of all, I'm going to talk about that for, before we move forward. It's troubling to me that the officials don't know the rules and fans know the rules better than them. So I, I don't know if you saw the replay, but Aaron Rodgers was out of the pocket on both of those plays. And the rule is that when you're covering a guy downfield and the quarterback is out of the pocket, you can hit the receiver. You can push them. That's what it is, right? Because basically the quarterback becomes a runner at that point. And Sherman did that two times. He pushed, he pushed the receiver out of bounds one time. And then the second time he, he pushed the receiver in the end zone and they, and they flagged him for it. So, Carl Sheffers, who's one of the, the more uh, uh, overzealous officials in the league, the, his crew throws more flags than most. They threw back-to-back flags on that, and Green Bay got the touchdown. I mean, like, is it troubling to you that these guys really don't know the rules? Well, the explanation to me is the troubling thing, because Kyle Shanahan said the ref told him it was unnecessary. It's like, well, it's not whether it's unnecessary or not. It's within the rules. It wasn't like a out of bounds, like, you know, a dirty play after the whistle or anything. It was within the course of the play. It's not for the official to judge whether or not it's necessary. It's, is this legal? And it was legal by Richard Sherman and he got nailed and it and set the Packers up for their only touchdown of the game. So, I mean, the explanation are, is what bothers me. You know, penalties happen all the time, but, but such a subjective thing like that is frustrating. It is. It is. And it, and it was on a fourth down play and they would have gotten off the field. And it would have been a, possibly a shutout, but the Packers, as you mentioned, did score. Devontae Adams caught the touchdown pass. And at that point, 
the Packers were kind of back in it ish. The momentum was a little bit tilted towards them. And, and it was the first time they put a drive together to be able to do anything in the game. And right away, the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, George Kittle, they come back in 57 seconds. They, it was a beautiful play call. All the, all the play action, all the action was going to the left. Kittle came across the formation to the right. They're, they ran a clear out. Of, the receiver ran a clear out on the right side. So Kittle was basically one-on-one with the safety. Safety basically bit on the fake. And with Kittle, if, if, with him, if you're even, he's leaving. He's got that speed. So even with the bum ankle and knee, made that long 61-yard touchdown catch. It was an easy pitch and catch for Jimmy. And that was basically the game at that point. It was a fantastic play, fantastic play call, good throw by Jimmy. And to me, it was sort of an example of the whole game for the 49ers. If you look at their touchdown drives in the game during the competitive portion, because I'm excluding the Raheem Mostert when the Packers clearly had mailed it in, they were broken at that point. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the competitive part of the game on the 49ers touchdown drives, none of them were longer than three plays. First one, they got the ball on the two-yard line, they ran it in. On the Debo Samuel 42-yard catch and run, that drive was three plays, 61 yards. And the Kittle drive you mentioned was two plays, 75 yards. So the 49ers on their touchdown drives, I mean, you can barely call them drives. It was a quick strike, deep passing offense that I'd love to see because clearly Shanahan thought, we're better than these guys. I see the weakness in this defense, and we're just going to press until it hurts. And it worked perfectly. And it's kind of funny because you're seeing more and more teams stacking the boxing against the Niners and trying to shut down the run. And they didn't, they didn't have a great game running the ball. The Niners were basically were bottled up. Tevin Coleman, again, Matt Breida is, is, uh, Matt Breida is out, uh, possibly again this week. We don't know. He's a game time decision. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that may make it back. We, we really don't know, but, but they had bottled up the, the running game for the most part. So it's like, okay, well, Jimmy's going to have to throw to beat them. And I think you're going to see more of that, but they, they were basically able to, to circumvent all of that just by scheming guys up. Like the throw to Debo was just such a dime. Like Jimmy perfect throw. It was. And Jimmy, Jimmy only completed 14 passes, but the thing is that he only needed to, the game was over by the end of the first half. So I think that his, his particular performance, he's, he's not throwing it to the other team. He's the last four or five games. What is it? 13 touchdowns, four picks. He's one of the better. He, I believe he's number two in the league and passer rating during that time. So He's kind of starting to come into his own too. And and I said it a few weeks ago that there's something to be said about midseason form. And it seems like the passing game is coming into midseason form now. He's getting more comfortable with his receivers. Guys are getting healthier. Emmanuel Sanders, who only who only I believe had the one catch for the first down in, in the game, but uh, was able to move the chains. He's getting more comfortable with him. It seems like the running game, more teams are starting to focus on that, but the passing game is actually starting to get going now. Yeah, and it was nice to see. And, and I was one of the reasons, and I know you're going to get on me for this, but one of the reasons I picked the Packers was because I didn't think that the 49ers were going to be able to move the ball offensively if Debo didn't play, if Emmanuel Sanders didn't play, and if Kittle didn't play. Well, even though Debo and Emmanuel Sanders played, they only had three catches combined in the game. Now, granted, mm-hmm. one of those for Debo was a nice touchdown. But, I mean, it wasn't the offense that I was expecting to see from them, but the presence of Kittle, I think, opens the door for everything. And I want to give Kyle Shanahan a little bit of credit because we saw Justin School just was not, could not stop Zadarius Smith. He, he, it wasn't his night. He was getting worked over. And they took him out pretty much after two drives, I think. And mm-hmm. they replaced him with Brunskill, who was solid and held up. And the offense really, I thought, sort of opened up from that point on. 
And I mean, you mentioned Garoppolo. He was great. Six of six on passes, 10 or more yards down the field for 176 yards, two touchdowns and a perfect quarterback rating. So like you said, the offense is starting to heat up a little bit. I mean, it is the second highest scoring offense in the entire National Football League. So they've been doing something right so far. And it'll be a nice test against the Ravens. But I think that they're going to, if Kittle can play, I think they're going to be able to move the ball again. I think so too. And and the Brunskill thing is very interesting. School had played well in Joe Staley's absence up up to the, up until this point in the season. I think he had his worst game on, on Sunday night. But the fact that Kyle Shanahan was not hesitant to make that switch to yes. me is a huge thing because NFL head coaches, as you know, are a really stubborn bunch. They're so set in their ways. They have a routine. They don't want to deviate from that. They have a plan. And for Kyle Shanahan to, to look at that right away and recognize it, acknowledge, hey, this isn't working out. I believe they were up 10 nothing, and school gave up back-to-back sacks. And he, I think he also had a penalty as well. So the offense was kind of stuck in neutral. And, and I think that he recognized that and putting Brunskill in there. By the way, how about Daniel Brunskill, uh, an AAF guy, comes in and is the starting left tackle for a little bit. And right, ta- he's played both tackle spots for the number one or number two scoring offense in the league. I mean, how about that, huh? It's exactly. Those are the type of things and performances, though, you need when you're going to be a really good team and you're going to make a deep run and maybe, you know, hopefully a Super Bowl run. You know, they don't get a lot of attention, but I mean, you saw with the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. They had a ton of injuries, but you just get, you know, the backup next man up. They always say that cliche and they're performing well. And I think that's a credit to one, John Lynch and the staff there on acquiring the player. And two, also credit to Kyle Shanahan and the coaches to be able to coach him up to not have to be superstars, but just have to do their job. And, and Brunskill has been fantastic. He has. And uh, he was able to hold Darius Smith to basically nothing after that. I believe he just gave up two pressures the rest of the game, and that was it. And when you're going up a pass against a pass rush like that, it's important to be able to give Jimmy time. I think that where Jimmy is at his best is when you can, you, where guys can get open in quick, quick, short spaces and, and where he kind of struggles a little bit, as we've seen in, last year's Minnesota game and, and this year's Seattle game is that when you ask him to hang on to the ball and try to stay in the pocket for a while and, and, and wait for a play to develop, I think he struggles at that, at, at that point, but they were able to basically impose their will on a team, on a good team, uh, the way that, that the Harbaugh teams used to, and the way that the, the Niners of the nineties used to. And, and it was really cool and fun to watch because like, you don't really get to see that much anymore, especially in today's NFL with parody and things like that. But they, literally just curb stomped the Packers. It was never a game. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And going forward, mo- moving to, to, to this week against the Ravens, I think that it was a really good feather in their cap. It absolutely was. Now, one of the things I want to see, because I thought they came out, they were so pumped. And Levi's has been rocking with 70,000 people there, especially mm-hmm. the defense. The defense, they were out of their minds. They couldn't wait to get on the field which is easier to do at home when the crowd's rocking, you feel the energy of the stadium. Now on the road, I'm interested to see if the defense comes out with that same intensity. I hope that they do because I think it was a huge help for them. But, you know, it's a little different when you're on the road and and the crowd is all for the other team and you're facing Lamar Jackson who, I mean, he could break out with a 40-yard play, the first play of the game, and then all of a sudden all your positive vibes are gone. So I'm interested to see how they respond on the road. I feel like all their biggest games this year so far have been at home. So let's see what they can do when they take it on the road. Right. And before we get to that, uh, game balls. The Niners basically, I mean, 
uh, we could give it to a, a number of people. It's it's one of those games where a number of guys could get it. And I love those games because that means the Niners usually win. And uh, be- uh, before we even get to that, I picked the Niners. I just want to let everybody know that I picked the Here Niners. it comes. Stats 11 went against the Niners last week. They, they, they picked the Packers. They said that they would win. I can't recall the score off the top of my head, but it doesn't matter because I was right. And <laughs> I roll with the Niners. And, and it feels good. It feels good to be right. It feels good to be the lone wolf on this and yeah. being able to, to predict that correctly. I, I think I've only gone against the Niners once this, this year. I think that was a Rams game, which I was wrong, thankfully. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see about that. But going forward, so game balls. Um, Levin had sent his, his game balls uh, in, into us via, via text. It. He's, he's actually on the road. He's, he's uh, moving, moving uh, throughout uh, the, the U.S. here. He's on the road. So he, he was able to uh, let us know what's going on. And he went with uh, Nick Bosa. Got his game ball. So Nick Bosa gets Levin's game ball. Stats, who's, who's got your game ball? I, to me, the, the choice is obvious. It's George Kittle. Six catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Third most yards Kittle has ever had in a game. He's got bone chips in his ankle. It didn't matter at all. He completely changes everything they do on offense because he's such an asset on the ground. He helps the running game, which the 49ers average 5.1 yards per carry for the game. In the passing game, he was the only receiver that caught more than two passes in the whole. He's the only player that caught more than two passes in the whole game. And he's the guy defense is focusing on the entire time. It doesn't matter. He's an absolute difference maker stud. And I don't think they score 37 points without him. It was, it was unbelievable how well the offense functions when, when he's there. Like He is such a linchpin for them. He is, he's one of those guys where he helps in both the running game and the pass game. But because he's such a threat, he's always going to draw double coverage. Everybody knows that he's a go-to guy. He's always going to draw attention. And when you leave him alone, they make you pay. And that's what I love about the Niners is that they absolutely will make you pay for leaving a guy alone. Jimmy will find him. That's what I've been saying all season. People talk about Jimmy not being able to find his receivers and things like that. Like he doesn't have a problem finding Kittle. He's never had a problem finding Kittle. He will find him when he's open. He'll throw, he'll try to throw them when he's not open. <laughs> as the, the Keekly interception against Carolina, but Jimmy will not have a problem finding Kittle. And, and as long as Kittle's on the field, it's a plus for the 49ers. Even 80% of George Kittle is still going to be a win for the 49ers. So uh, great pick there. My game ball, Fred Warner. He was unbelievable. He had a sack, a forced fumble, 11 tackles. He was un- He's slowly turning into what they would want Ruben Foster to be. That's, that's what they wanted for Ruben Foster. And he's, he's been able to minimize Quan Alexander's absence, even though they don't play the same position. But he's been able to step up, be that physical presence in the middle of the field be that steadying force that the Niners really need in the middle of that defense. So Fred Warner gets my game ball. Absolute stud. I mean, 11 tackles in the game, let all, let all defensive players and tackles. And the thing I like about Warner, you mentioned he's all over the field. He is, but I like, he comes in in the middle and sort of the end of plays to finish it off or to maybe to go for the strip. Like we saw with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. He is not a guy that sort of stands by and lets other people finish the play. He comes in and tries to disrupt it and make it a game changing play. And he's been doing it a lot this season. He did it in the, um, was it the Seattle? Yeah, it was the Seattle game where he was the lineman. Seattle lineman recovered Russell Wilson's fumble. And Warner comes in and punches the ball out. He doesn't just go for the tackle. He went for the big play there. And he's been all over the field. So good pick by you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just so much fun to watch, watch his defense. Like the, the peanut punch, right? He's basically perfected that. He's, he's got, he had a couple of uh, forced fumbles last year like that too. And, and basically that's what he does. So 
Um, he's going to have his hands full this week. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, we saw the beating that they put on the Rams. And I don't know if that's more of a reflection of the Rams being the Rams or how good Baltimore is playing right now. But their last, man, their last few games, um, they played the Rams, Houston, Cincinnati, and New England. And in those games, they have scored uh, 45 against the Rams, 41 against Houston, 49 against Cincinnati, 37 against New England. So they're putting up historic numbers. Lamar Jackson has 24 touchdowns and only five picks on the year. He's probably going to run for a t- run for a thousand yards, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show. He is the. I said Russell Wilson was the the leading candidate a few weeks ago for MVP. I think Lamar Jackson has taken that that crown from him for the time being. Five touchdowns against the Rams on Monday night. He was unbelievable. Didn't even play the fourth quarter. He is the superstar that the NFL is basically gravitating towards this year. Last year is Patrick Mahomes. This year is Lamar Jackson and. Lo and behold, the Niners play their old, their old friend Greg Roman in his playbook. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is running, and it's to me stats when I see him run those plays. It's literally the same exact playbook that Colin Kaepernick was running in in 2012 and 2013. It's the same sort of idea with the RPO, same sort of read option sort of playbook that they get design runs for the quarterback. The only difference is that Lamar Jackson is more of a shifty player. Kaepernick was more of a straight line guy. Lamar Jackson is way more elusive, and I think that. This, in terms of physical ability, will be the toughest test that the Niners face all season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Lamar Jackson is, he like you said, he's having an MVP type of season. I think he is the MVP. I agree that he's running a lot of the same stuff that Greg Roman ran. I mean, you could see the pistol formation, mm-hmm. the mesh plays with the running back. He, he is definitely doing that kind of thing. It's, it's absolutely working for him. I mean, the Ravens ran the ball, I think, 48 times against the Rams. and they only failed to gain yardage on three of those rushes. And wow. those three rushes were the Robert Griffin, the third kneel downs at the end of the game. That's how dominant Baltimore is on the ground. And I, I think the real test for the 49ers this week is going to be tackling. The 49ers mm-hmm. have been one of the best tackling teams in the league all season. The first guy almost always makes a tackle or at least slows the ball carrier down enough to where everybody else can swarm in and finish them off against Lamar Jackson specifically and the Ravens in general, because Mark Ingram can break a lot of tackles too. The Niners have to wrap up and, you know, limit plays to a five yard gain instead of an eight, nine, 10 yard gain. And as we know, running quarterbacks have given the Niners trouble. And it's kind of interesting that out of the last five weeks, four of those games are against running quarterbacks. And when I say running quarterbacks, I mean guys that either have design runs or guys that are elusive in the pocket. Russell Wilson doesn't run that much anymore, but he's very elusive in the pocket and he runs when he needs to. But Kyler Murray and, and Lamar Jackson are basically running quarterbacks. And this type of quarterback, th- there's only a couple of these guys in the league. And the saving grace of the 49ers is that they don't have to face this every week. They won't have to face the Ravens in the, in the playoffs unless they go to the Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. I think that for them to be able to win this game, you have to put a spy on Lamar Jackson. They didn't do that with, with Russell Wilson, and I think that they were okay. They didn't really do that with Kyler Murray, and, and he made the pay the first game and, and almost made the pay the second game. But I think that in this game specifically, they have to learn from their mistakes of, of those past three games with those three court, with Kyler Murray twice and Wilson once. And they have to put a spy on uh, on on Lamar Jackson. And whether it's Tavarius Moore coming in to play linebacker, he played linebacker in college. We may see him play a little bit of linebacker and be that spy. Whether it's having Tart down in the box as a spy, whether it's I don't think you can use any of the linebackers on as a spy on on Lamar Jackson. He's too fast, but you have to make him a thrower. 
you have to be able to to have him sit in the pocket. You cannot break. You not cannot let him break contain because he will absolutely kill you. And they have to absolutely put a spy on him this game. That's the only way I see it working. Well, here's the part I worry about because yes, he can kill you with the scrambles, but they run so many design run plays for him that have been really successful for them. You know, they they'll have a jet sweep motion where they'll fake the the handoff to the jet sweep. They'll fake it to the running back, and then Lamar rolls out and he's got the ball. They do a lot of creative things like that that make the defense freeze for just a second. And sometimes that's all it takes. So I'm interested to see how the 49ers stop those design run plays for him. And I think Jimmy Ward might be a big part of that. I think they're going to put Jimmy Ward and bring him up closer to the line of scrimmage. And I think he's going to be a key piece in terms of, you know, hey, where's Lamar? Who has the ball? Does he have the ball? Where's he going? Where do I need to be? I think he's going to be part of that sort of contain Lamar Jackson game plan. Yeah, and if you watch Lamar Jackson on tape, if if you watch his play action fakes, he's or the, the the zone read fakes or any fake that he makes for that matter, he is so good at holding the ball until the last minute. There's so many times where you just you literally don't know where the ball is going because what he does is he actually he'll actually take a, a step and a half towards the line of scrimmage and hold it like a, a half second extra. And I think that's what freezes the defenses enough for him to be able to either. May, turn the corner or make a throw. And it's just that much time and that much hesitation that it takes in the NFL to make a play. And, and they've really got it mastered. Mark, Mark Ingram, I mean, he, he's himself a really good running back. He's after averaging over five yards a pop right now. He's got 700 plus yards rushing. He's on pace for a thousand yard season. And I think that a lot of that is attributed to the fact that people are so scared of Lamar Jackson running the ball. And I've heard comparisons. It's funny because um, Florio tweeted out that he's tired of the, the Mike Vick comparisons with Lamar Jackson. And I think that that's true because Mike, Mike Vick was a different player. And Kaepernick was also a little bit different player. But I think Kaepernick is a more apt comparison just because of the way that they're designing the offense around Lamar Jackson. Like if I'm Robert Sala, like I'm looking at 2012, 2013, 49ers tape. Yes. Seeing how they've used Colin Kaepernick, seeing what they did. And, and if you remember, Colin Kaepernick used to give the Seahawks fits running the ball up in that championship game in 2013, they couldn't stop it running the ball because of the zone read and they couldn't read it. And basically it's flipped around and the Niners are running that old Seahawks defense and the Ravens are running that old Niners offense. So to me, like I, I think that Robert Sala is going to have to change something about his game plan. And it's not bringing the blitz because if you, if you start blitzing guys and he breaks that uh, through that second level, he's gone. And that's a big play. And I think especially with the weather being the way that it is, it's going to be, like I said, a knockdown slog them out game. It's going to be a close game, possibly decided by a kicker. And you can't be giving up big plays. You have to be able to contain them. You're not going to fully stop him. You basically have to minimize the damage. And if it's death by a thousand paper cuts, I'm okay with that because then you give your offense a chance to be able to get the ball back and do something with it rather than allowing a series of big plays. And let's flip it over to the other side if we can, because I think I feel like we've covered Lamar pretty well offensively the 49ers against the baltimore's defense baltimore's defense has been very good do you think san francisco is going to be able to move the ball on the road hostile environment maybe tough for jimmy garoppolo to hear the the play calls which we know are long and very complicated do you think garoppolo is going to hold up on the road well jimmy smith just came back right and uh, I kind of hate Jimmy Smith because he was the corner covering Crabtree on those all those fades at the end of the Super Bowl. But Jimmy Smith came back. He's healthy now. <laughs> one of the better, more physical corners in the league. They've got three corners that can cover. And their defense, it's it's a top of the league, top half of the league run defense. So I, I don't think that the the Niners will be able to run the ball that easily. Baltimore always plays tough when it comes when it comes to the run. Uh pass defense, as we know, they have Earl Thomas and 
it, it took a few, it took him basically a half season to get settled into that scheme. And, and now he's playing pretty well. I think that it's going to be, again, one of those games where they're going to bl- bring the blitz. They blitzed Tom Brady 56% of the time in that game against the Patriots. And they were, they were not hesitant to bring that blitz. And I think you're going to see more of the same. You're going to see them try to force Jimmy into mistakes. I think that he may make a couple of mistakes. I think this is one of those games where you, you really just want to be able to deliberately move the ball down the field and not take too many chances because I, I think that because of the, the fact that the Ravens run the ball so much, they don't, they don't have those drives that are like a minute long or three minutes long where it's quick strike. It's going to be very deliberately moved down the field. You're, you're not going to let the game get away from you if you can move the ball yourself. So I think it's going to be a lot of screen passes, a lot of checkdowns, things like that. They may have Jimmy. I, I mean, it's it's just so hard for me to to envision them making this attract me and have him have him throw the ball forty times. I just don't think they're going to win it that way. I just don't. One thing, uh, one note I saw about Jimmy Garoppolo, which I really liked, um, and this came from Josh Dubo of the Associated Press on ten drives this season after Garoppolo threw an interception. He's completed 32 of 35 passes for 378 yards with two touchdowns and no interceptions. So he, he may throw an interception, especially with Marcus Peters. I feel like is I just feel like he's going to find a way to make a play in this game. Mm-hmm. But even when he does throw an interception, the nice thing about Garoppolo is he bounces back, he puts it out of his mind, and he plays well. And you've seen Kyle, I feel like, in those situations too. He goes for chunk plays immediately after turnovers. It's almost like he he tries to get it all back in one play sometimes, and it it's actually been working for him so far this year. So hopefully, if if the worst does happen and the Niners do turn it over, hopefully we get good Jimmy Garoppolo after that. Right, and and the thing that concerns me is that I, the run game's been struggling in in recent weeks, and Tevin Coleman, who's basically been the de facto starter since Matt Breida went out uh, three weeks ago, uh, he's he hasn't had more than forty yards since that Carolina game in in week eight. So, to me, I, that it starts it really starts with the run game, and and Jimmy's so good off of the play action, he's really really good when you have a good running game after him i I don't think it's one of those games where you can ask him to win it's not it's it's they're not that type of team that they can go into baltimore and just put it all on jimmy and win it i I just really don't think that that's going to happen it's going to be again a a team effort like it has been all season i don't think it's going to be like those arizona games where jimmy's basically going to be like okay well i'm going to take this game over the weather the ravens defense lamar jackson on the other side uh, the the lack of the Niners running game, I think that they have to stay committed to it, even if, we, if it means beating your head against the wall for a little bit. Kyle Shanahan is going to have to show patience, and he's going to have to be able to manage game situations. And to that point, I, I, I do want to talk about something real quick that that he did that I really liked uh, in in the Green Bay game. At the end of the half, the Niners had the ball, and it was, there were about two minutes left, and they Green Bay basically wasn't going to get it back. They wanted to get get in the half. Uh, basically unscathed and the Niners went down and they not only scored, but they took most of the time off the clock so that there was under a minute left when Green Bay got the ball. And they subsequently were able to force Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of incompletions and they were able to get the ball back again and score again before that kick a field goal. I mean, he managed that so perfectly. That's what I wish he did at the end of the Seattle game. And, and it's not all his fault because the receivers need to catch the ball too, but ideally that's how you do it. And he adjusted and I, and I gave him some flack for not being able to manage a game in that Seattle game, but all the credit to him this time around. And I think that he's learning and going forward against teams like Baltimore and the saints next week and, and the Seahawks at the end of the season that you're going to see the Rams again. 
you have to be able to make the most of every, every, every possession. And I think that that's the theme right now of, of what Kajian wants to do is that if we're not going to score, we're at least going to move the ball down the field so we can get, get better field position and play that field position battle and get, you put pressure on the other team. So I, I, I like the way the Niners defense has been playing. I don't like the matchup against the Ravens. I really don't. Wow. I, this is the same guy that was, you know, jumping all over me and Levin for picking the Packers last <laughs> week. I, I feel like all I'm hearing from you is doom and gloom. No, I mean, it's not doom and gloom. It's just more so like, look, I'm, I, I will, I would love for them to win this game. I'm totally neutral on this. Like I, I had a really good feeling that Niners would beat the Packers this game. I'm like, I would love for them to win. I still think they can win, but if they lose and, and I want to say that I'm not saying they're going to lose, but if they somehow lose this game, it's not a big deal because in the hierarchy of tiebreakers and all those things out of conference games are literally the last rung on that ladder. You have to win your conference games for uh, your division games first, then conference, then points basically off of the, the, the common opponents. And then it comes to out of conference. So I want them to play competitive. I want them to be able to give Lamar Jackson fits. I want them to be able to somehow pull it out. But if they don't, it's okay because you have a bunch of other games at the end of the season where it's going to matter, where you still need to play. And Seattle has a bunch of games as well that are tough that are coming up. And they play Minnesota on Monday night. And if Seattle loses on Monday night, that's all that much better for you. So uh, let's move into predictions. So what's, what's your prediction on this game? Oh, man. Uh, I almost want to predict a tie because I, every time I, <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm like, I think this team will win. And then I'm like, well, yeah, but what about X, Y, and Z? Lest I incur the wrath of Zane again, I'm going to pick the 49ers in this game. I think it's going to be close. I'll go San Francisco 30 to 24. Um, I think that the Niners will be able to move the ball on Baltimore's offense. I think Baltimore is going to be able to move the ball themselves, but I just think the 49ers defense is, is going to be good enough in one or two key spots. I really think it's going to come down in one or two key possessions. I think the 49ers are going to be able to stop them. And one of the things that could come down to is Baltimore on fourth down. They go for a fourth down more than any other team. They've gotten 13 of 17 fourth down attempts on the season. That's the most conversions in the league. Mm -hmm. And on the 13 drives where they've converted, 10 of those have gone for touchdowns. I think the 49ers, who have been very good on fourth down on defense, are going to get a couple of those key stops, and I think it's going to give them good field position. And I think that the 49ers are going to be able to move the ball and turn that field position into points and hopefully get a win on the road. All right, so you pick pick the Niners this week. So. Let's let's see who's right. So we'll do Levin's and then we'll do mine. So Levin Levin was able to send us his his pick and uh, verbatim. This is what he said. He says, "Hate to pick against uh, two weeks against the Niners in a row, but I see Baltimore uh, having the perfect team to counter the defense. I see a low scoring affair where a big run by Lamar wins it, and it's going to be seventeen to thirteen Ravens. So Levin." Eleven goes with 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 the Ravens. So now this it comes down to me. So this is the tiebreaker, huh? So when I first saw this game at the beginning of the season, I was like, you know, they could go in there and and really stop Lamar Jackson because I was not a believer in Lamar Jackson. I'm like he's a running quarterback. Me too. These things run their course, as we've seen that the read option when Kaepernick came out in 2013, it wasn't as effective. In 2014, it was basically dead. Like he couldn't run it because teams had adjusted. And this too, this will run its course as well because you don't see running quarterbacks like this be successful in the NFL. Eventually 
defenses adjust and there's going to be a defense out there that has a blueprint that solves it and it'll be a copycat league and other defenses will be able to pick it up. I don't know if this is the week though. And <laughs> <laughs> the Niners struggle so much with running quarterbacks and, and, and it's one of those things where I think that they may not have the personnel yet to, to deal with the running quarterback because this was not supposed to be the year that they were supposed to compete, right? It was supposed to be next year. And I think that this offseason will be able to add some more speed on the defense and, and some more speed in the linebacking core and, and be able to adjust to running quarterbacks because you'll see more of that next year. But I really think that the, the Ravens right now, they, they put it on the Rams. I don't think they're going to score. They're not going to score 40 points against the Niners. It's not going to be a blowout. I don't even think they'll get to 30. I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be close down to a kicker. It's going to be rainy. It's going to be a running game. Um, Jimmy will probably throw a pick because he does that every, every game where it's like, what the hell are you doing pick? And I think that Lamar Jackson will put them in position to win. I'm going to go to Ravens. It, it hurts me to say. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where my heart says Niners, but my brain says that says Ravens. So I'm, I'm literally flipping a coin here and I'm going to say Ravens 29 or 17. I'm the lone 49ers voice right now this week. <laughs> you are. I mean, maybe the 49ers should just throw on that Browns tape. Cause how the hell did the Browns beat the Raven? Remember like that happened, yeah. right? We all saw that. I mean, yep. Yep. it's, it's going to be a, a fantastic game and it is just so great and i tweeted this before the game last week how many times this year have we said this is the biggest game for the 49ers since you know 2013 2012 you know whatever pick whatever starting point you want Mm -hmm. this team has been so great it's been such a surprise and and i think you made a good point if there's one game they're going to lose in this quote-unquote gauntlet stretch that everybody talks about this is the game because it's an afc game and plus, you never know. I think Seattle, they may lose to Minnesota on Monday night. So if the 49ers were to lose and Seattle loses, you know, that, that obviously would be preferable if you're going to have to take a loss this week. Right. So because of that, I mean, I'm, I'm just like, okay, I'm okay with, with them losing if they do. Now, I'm not saying they will. I'm not saying that I want them to lose and I'm being negative. I'm just saying that, look, they're going to lose games at some point. They're not going 15 and one. Okay. This is the NFL. There are very few teams that do that. And this may be one of those games. And, and I think that because of that, like it's just really just get out of the game healthy first and foremost, no more injuries, to starters, no more injuries to big people, big players, just get out of the game healthy, be able to learn a little bit, win it if you can, but if you can't, it's not the end of the world because guess what? There's another game next week against a great opponent. And I think that matches up much better than, than this week does. So uh, we'll talk about all, all that next week and more, but any, uh, any finishing thoughts, Rob, as we wrap up. I think that honestly, this is the last game that uh, if I pick again, this my this. Let me say it clearly so people can understand. This is the last game I think the 49ers have a decent chance to lose the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. I, I know the Saints are really good. I think that defense is going to absolutely maul Drew Brees. I know the Seahawks beat the 49ers earlier this year, but it came down to a kick. Russell Wilson really didn't play that great the entire game. I think that this is the last game the 49ers have a legitimate chance to lose the rest of the way. And they also have a legitimate chance to win it, which is great. So it's going to be a lot of fun this week. Agreed. And it's a shame that the game was protected and the NFL couldn't flex that out. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's one a shame. o'clock is buried with the rest of the games at one o'clock. Yeah. It's a, it's a damn shame. And it's a shame that they can't flex the, the Saints game either. 
uh, it's it's a that's a really really dumb thing that the league did. And I think that they're they're restricted. Certain games are protected by the networks because they pay for for whatever coverage or or whatever it is. And because the game's on Fox and not on CBS, they couldn't flex it. So it is what it is. We'll have to watch an early game. Um, get up early Sunday. Hopefully, the rest of the Sunday is good. All right. So with that, uh, for Rob Stats Guerrera, this is Zay Nack V for Eleven Black, who's with us in spirit. And we'll hopefully be back with us next week. You have been listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone Know How to Podcast, sponsored by thequbsync.com. And remember, for accurate predictions on every NFL matchup and thought-provoking content that can help your fantasy teams or confidence pools, head to thequbsync.com. See you guys later.